Should I get bangs? I'm your host, Julia Razzi. And today's guest is the just absolutely delightful, wonderful, talented Nori Davis. He's a comedian, actor. He's going to be in the upcoming season of Dickinson. He has more comedy albums than I can even name. And I just, I absolutely love him. And I am so grateful for this very honest conversation that he had with me. So glad you're on the show. Hell yeah, Gucci. What's up? Well, okay, <laughs> so Nori calls. Why did you start calling me Gucci? Because I don't own anything Gucci. I, if Gucci's listening and wants to send me yeah. something, I should own it. It's uh, it's two reasons I call you that because like I love to give people names that I really can't pronounce their name when I first look at it. I saw your name, Julia, and I was just like, it looked like Gucci to me. And I just said that. So I did, but the, and then also your style and your your vibe was always just like very graceful and just like you were in your space of who you are, like a Gucci bag. And okay. I was like, all right, Gucci. That's what we're gonna talk. Let's and talk about I, this for an hour. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was screaming that you'd be like Nike. Oh, well, like, you came up with that later, but you never knew why I would call you that. And plus, like in the neighborhood, we just always give people nicknames. I don't know. You just I love like, nicknames. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've only really had. Yeah, so I started calling you Nike because I was like, I guess we call each other brands. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, but I have never, like, okay, my nicknames that I've had are always just variations of my name. Like, I'll get called, you know, Rozzy, my last name, Roz, Jules, but it's Julia with a G, I U L Z, G. Yeah. But, like, I don't really have a lot of, like, I saw, yeah, Julia, but it was with a G. I was like, it should be a J, but it's a G, though. So fucking Gucci. How dare, how dare you? How dare you? Put that right. <laughs> Nori. I mean, Nori isn't yeah, a common not- name. What kind of name is Nori? Nori is just my, that's my nickname, too. Like, my government name is Norvell. But, like, in the neighborhood, in the hood, they were like, we're calling you Nori. <laughs> they would call never me, heard the name They Norvell. would call me Nori or, Nor- or N-O. My boy Cole would call me that. Um... My mother's, my best friend's mom would call me Orville. She would just drop the N. <laughs> so, but Nori stuck. Nori stuck for like ever since junior high school to my current life. And I just stuck yeah. with Nori. Yeah. Yeah, Nori's great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Orville's fun too, though. Orville. Yeah, she would go, Orville. Orville Redenbacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of always wanted a name that like could be you know so like my husband's name is will mm-hmm. but like if you want to be mad at him you could be like william you well, know yep. mine is like julia julia like there's no <laughs> and i don't even have a middle name a lot of italian people i don't know if this is true but no one in my family has middle names wow oh really that's yeah i have a confirmation name but not a middle name not a middle name oh yeah definitely got a middle name i got two middle names i got my grandfather and my dad uh prince kenneth Ooh, so Nor- it's like Norvell, Norvell? Prince, Prince, Kenneth, Kenneth. Davis. Holy Four shit. Names. That's like yeah. so smooth and You're- regal. <laughs> I, and I now, am the prophet of the And now what's your social security number and uh, your made in 792-456667. And I live at 25 Madison. <laughs> you know what's so fucked up is 
I was reading something that said you should really be conscious of the information you share about your child online, like as far mm. as like birth date, don't put the time of birth, like all this stuff, because kids are the easiest to identity steal Re- because oh, they don't really have okay. credit and shit yet. That's right. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. fucked up? That is, I mean, yeah, we're in the scammer ass world, man. People. <sighs> It's capitalist world, right? So, you know, niggas is hungry. So they just out here trying to get, and it's it's insane. Like, yeah, if you put your name, address, uh-uh. and phone number, I no. got your baby. Thank you. I got a proof for $500. I got a proof. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been scammed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Really? I got the best Western, the best Western scam. What was uh, that? So that's where somebody uh, on eBay, this is OG eBay, we're like, oh, man, you uh, you won this engine because I was doing street racing. And so I got an engine for like 1200 from Japan. And the seller was just like, oh, man, you got it. So all you got to do is just send me, take this check. I'm going to send you a check, deposit it, uh, send me the money. And then, um, yeah, wait, is that how it works? Yeah, send me the money through Western Union. And then I can ship it to you because something was wrong with their account. And I was just like, yeah, no problem. And, uh, yep. Once that money went through, once they got, once I gave them the code to the best Western code, that money was gone. And how then, much money? And it was like 1200. <gasps> and definitely Sorry. like when I'm like out of college. So 1200 out of college was like $52,000. Oh. Like, oh my God. They got me. Got me. Shit. Yeah. Did you get really like vigilant after that? No, I was just pissed the fuck off. I don't remember. I think I buried. I don't. I was pissed. Well, yeah, I, what a I was great just like, se- it is what it is. It was like whatever. Yeah. What a great segue that you just said buried because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. I asked you to the podcast, I was like, you know, we want to come on and talk about a breakdown or like a, an emotional moment where you like emotionally cut bangs and you're like, absolutely, I got so many. Yeah. And then I was like, so what do you want to talk about? And you're like, I don't know. I kind of block everything <laughs> out of my memory. And yes. I'm like, well, that's interesting because I don't think you're alone. As, you know, not to. I, I don't ever want to like gender, you mm-hmm. know, genderize stuff, but I, I don't think you're alone, especially as a man. Yeah. In, and maybe even, dare I say, a black man? Yes, you can. That's okay. Not, uh, <laughs> you can say just, black man. No, I mean, I <laughs> in just these mean that social plurgy times, you're like tiptoeing, <laughs> like, I don't want to be canceled. Well, I just mean, I think it's a very common thing, if no, I'm is. correct, you're that. Right, man. Your Men, husband's black. You know what it is. Oh, yeah. And he just, I mean, I don't think he'll care. I mean, he just started therapy like a month ago. Damn. Yeah. Mine was like, what am I, like five or, I think I'm like five or four months in of therapy. And it's fucking great. Well, so what is it that make you, makes you bear, I mean, not that you need to like scream your issues or trauma or breakdowns, you know, 24-7, but what is yeah. it that makes you sort of bury them and and never deal with them like what do you just masculinity in general just feeling like that you know in order to be a man you gotta like just not deal with your emotions and just suppress them and keep going it's like this soldier mentality you know and um i never realized that you should definitely process like if something hurts your feelings you should talk that out and why that hurts your feelings and where it came from and also address that so I had many like events where like that really hurt. And the last one was like my breakup, like 
my second ex-fiance, but my first ex-fiance, I remember that one. <laughs> that that breakdown was I caused like I you know, what's that saying um uh to get over somebody, just get under somebody else? Yeah. Yeah, and I talked about that my first album, which was like 2014, which is like Zombie Dick. Like that was a bad <laughs> breakdown where I was just fucking everything, and then I got my daughter Layla. Yeah, she's great. Oh, I said her name. Fuck, I just can't oh, say her a- address. She'll get. She'll be on the credit card. <laughs> on my credit card. <laughs> Wait, so you your daughter was a result of you yeah. being a hoe after your breakup? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for okay. sure, for sure. I I love her dearly and no regrets. But I definitely was like, there was no foundation of like the relationship with her mom. I was just like playing this role of somebody like who'd be a you um well after she got she announced like to me like yeah i'm pregnant i was just like all right yeah no doubt i'm a dad now i'm gonna be a father just like uh folding or like stepping into this dad role like how iron man steps into his suit you know and like Ah. and the suit don't even fit (laughs) it's not even a good how old were you uh let's see 2012 and it's 2021. I'm not good at math. I will say I was, uh, how long ago was 2012? Because <laughs> oh that's God. when she was born. So then like. Eight, nine years. So 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm going to say, yeah, I was, I was 26, 26. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah 26, 27. Young. Well, yeah. 20s. Mid- well, tw- that that's young Mid- for New York comedy. Yeah, New York comedy. Yeah, it, right. Coastal, so, coastal elite. I guess uh, you know, definitely that's- a young adult. Um, yeah, twenty six. So I definitely was like not processing that breakup of my first fiance and just like jumped right into a whole full blown relationship and had a child. And-, and you had sorry, you had the child with the person you got into the. The rebound relationship with or yes. someone else? Oh, okay. The okay. rebound relationship, yeah. And how long were you guys together when she got probably, pregnant? Um, Probably on and off for like a couple months, a couple months or a year. Like I I knew she was a hostess at a at a comedy club in the city. So like always seeing her and like, you know, talking shit, whatever. And then like we, we would just hook up like after the shows. Like it wasn't like we would go out on a date. Mm-hmm. Um when it was light outside yeah you know what i'm saying like i know that wasn't happening so uh yeah so that shit was tough um and i remember there was a time where I did have a day and i thought she was gonna pay and then she was just like i thought you was gonna pay it was like actual day and she cried and stuff and i was just like all right my bad i will like like starting to take it more serious and you know just just a fucking trash ass dude that was trash that was I didn't realize that, yeah, I wasn't processing what I did before. So just moving on, hopping right into the next one. And her pregnant then had a child. We lived together for like a year. And then it it fell apart because like there was nothing ever built there. You know what I'm saying? Like didn't really get along, get along. Um, And then after that, I was was out. But I was definitely there for my daughter, everything responsibly. But the relationship between me and her... Mm. we'll be right back after a quick break so do you think you know i i I sort of hate the term player because you know guys get called players girls get Mm -hmm. called sluts and Mm. also just because someone is sleeping with a lot of people doesn't necessarily like to me player means you're sleeping around and 
not that there's necessarily conscious malicious intent, yeah. but there is sort of a disregard yeah. for the other person in a way. Not like, you know, evil, but like it just sort of, well, it's whatever. I don't care. I mean, like you can me. call me evil. I mean, yeah. No, I don't, <laughs> I I don't think was, it's evil. But I definitely I, was a player. Definitely. I, yeah. I see where you're going with it. Yeah. I mean, he's so cute and so sensitive. <laughs> You're like, look, Nori, I don't want to say the N-word by accident. I'm just like, what? Just say black husband. (laughs) No, but I just mean because, listen, and and this has gotten me to this this quality of mine in which I, especially with men, I find myself being very understanding. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't always worked in my favor because it has had me stick with people or chase people, you know, who are clearly... not interested or not good guys because I'm like, no, but they're just being this way because they're hurt. And yeah. if I could just find out what hurt them, then I could, you oh, know, like, man. and I think Have that's... To save them. You guys trying to save them, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or and, and from what I know, I know a lot of women who have taken on that role of like he's just misunderstood and like Mm -hmm. he picked me and then a lot of guys being like this dumb bitch you know like (laughs) i can go fuck her whenever i want and i i think that's such a unfortunate dynamic because it's like well if if the if the person who's doing the saving could tone it down a bit and have Mm -hmm. some boundaries and then the person who's being an asshole yeah could could turn it up a bit and actually express themselves Mm. like imagine how much dating bullshit would go away? Yeah, it'd be a perfect relationship, right? But yeah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Because hurt people hurt people. So you have the uh, people that want to be saved and uh, and then know what they can get away with. And then the others are just like, this is my love language. I can be treated like this. And yeah, I, I've been on both sides of that. So in the beginning, it definitely was like, I can get away with this shit. It doesn't fucking matter be whatever I want and then when I wanted to like all right, I want to find a wife and settle down then that's when I was the one I was just like oh no this is fine I can save her I can help her where the thing she's going through and the way she's treating me is fine it's gonna be okay and um it wasn't it wasn't and next thing you know like that was I'm your like, se- that was your relationship that was the second the yeah that was the second one that was the second one the, the, the most fiance. recent one the most recent one second fiance uh, ex fiance, excuse me. <laughs> I, uh, my jeweler is a very rich man. He's like, yo. <laughs> you didn't get the rings back? <laughs> no, I never, no. Well, <gasps> the first one I did, the first one I did, I got that one. She gave it back. She mailed it back to me. And I remember I tried to mail it back to her, like, look, you know, this is yours. I got this for you. Trying to see if I can get her back. You know what I'm saying? And she was just like, yeah, nah. And she mailed it back. So it was like, there was somebody, I imagine <laughs> Julia, somebody in the post office was like, this guy doesn't get it. He just keeps mailing this ring back and forth to this girl that doesn't oh, no. want it. <laughs> Wait, so can I ask what? You go at how anything. The, okay, love it. Uh, the first, what happened to end the first engagement? Okay, so the first engagement was emotionally i was emotionally cheated on i believe i feel like she emotionally wasn't there anymore because i was starting to replace stand up with our dates 
mm-hmm. like I was starting to get into colleges and book a lot of stuff and try to like push and in, push into like this is my career and I and I was pushing her more into like hey what's your career what do you want to do what do you want to be and she uh, always wanted to like she had her job and she was comfortable there complacent and I was just like look if we gonna get married like you gotta have a career and you have to have um, a driver's license so I'm on this like you have to have to have to have to and I feel like that pushed her like into like you know what I don't gotta do shit like I don't wanna be pushed and bye so what made you push her so much uh having this image of that this is what I want my wife to be mm-hmm. you know this is what mm-hmm. my wife should be and uh, instead of just like Word should yeah exactly should right ooh what a red flag word tell me about it so control that was that control shit that um i that I see now like yeah i wouldn't want to be with me either um and yeah i have no problem being that bad guy so it's just like yeah you don't tell somebody what they should be they should just you should just love them for who they are and what they're doing and then you go forward so definitely wasn't doing that and um then yeah she just went off with some other guy and uh well she broke up we broke up and i just couldn't understand why and then she moved she moved in with some other dude and uh i was just heartbroken from there and then from there zombie dick first Uh, album the first album came out hard (laughs) i had something to talk about (laughs) yeah i mean and you know you said the thing about hurt people hurt people which i i totally agree and understand Mm. but what's so sad is that if you have the right tools and you're encouraged to be open hurt people heal yeah oh yeah for sure and then don't hurt people yeah but you know my community the black community that we never had that therapy tool that always felt mystical it felt like something that as a white people do you know kind of like they don't wash their legs like that's that shit there's no <laughs> wait who doesn't like, wash their legs i hear white people don't wash their legs they just that's what I heard. That's that's what's popping on the streets. <laughs> I hope you watch yours, but Wait, I'm here. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think I do. Okay. That's yeah. hilarious. You do, well, man. Just, we'll, we'll make sure that. You good. Yeah. I do have kind of, I am embarrassingly ashy on the legs, which is very upsetting because I consume so much olive oil. So it makes <laughs> no sense. I mean, my body is, my yeah. blood is ragu, you know? Um, <laughs> but just so you know, like a, a Italian, coming from Italian immigrant household, I mean, therapy? Why yeah. are you telling people our business? What Ex- do we do yeah. wrong? There you go. So there, yes, exactly. So, but then my sister became a therapist. Oh, that's cool. And I became this. Oh, they, yeah. <laughs> so. And now my mom has an iPad and is like, I watch this lady on a YouTube talk about depression. <laughs> you know about the depression? I'm like, girl. <laughs> what? You are. That's why I talk to my mom. Yeah. I go, girl. girl. Let me tell you something. You got time to talk. <laughs> yeah, you got to talk about depression. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, when you don't know those tools are available to help you with your mental health, you're not all you know is just suppress and then talk to your homies and your homies like, yeah, hey, don't worry about that. And, you know, just put like the grading words like, yeah, hey, she's just being a bitch, blah, blah, blah. Ugh. When you're like really like, but I love her. It hurt. Like, Ugh. you know, and there's the expression niggas be like, yo, you and your feelings, dog. Get out your feelings. Ugh. All right, but I just want to be in there. Okay, I'll get out my feelings. Fuck it. And then you just suppress, you know, and, and don't my, worry about that is mine was such just a- like horrible thing to say to someone what? sometimes don't worry about that oh yeah don't worry about that yeah oh okay yeah. thanks 
Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Don't worry about Why it. Why didn't I think of that? Exactly. So- I also think it's a time thing, too. Like, in addition, definitely for you, I understand that it was a, a cultural thing. Yeah, we're millennials, but- too. So, you know, we, we're coming from the baby boomers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, our parents 80s, who, 90s? 80s, 90s. Like, come on. Like, oh. our parents were just like, yo, like you say, immigrant, Italian, like, family, right? So, they just get in here, get some work, have a job. Shut and up and suffer. Shut, right? Exactly. <laughs> the more you suffer, yes. the more you have earned any success. Mm. Mine was have. just like, just get a job and get money. Yeah. That was it. Like nothing about the arts, even though I felt in both my parents, they had like, they had some ambition, a little Same. bit of art. And then their parents were like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, no, no. Oh, my parents didn't even have like I'm talking about grandparents. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My but my dad, funny enough, because I've always not to go into complete. But you want to talk about men yeah. who shut it fucking shut down. it down? I mean, that's what we talk. Hell yeah, that's this that's guy. I mean, he has two daughters, a wife. Worst nightmare. All he mm-hmm. wanted was a son to help him, like you know, lift mm. bricks or whatever. <laughs> and then he got the he got these sensitive women who talk a lot, yeah, <laughs> with our hands. And <laughs> the you know, I say the poor guy, but he's you know, he's got his shit. And he, you know, it was interesting because I always sort of had this dynamic with him where I hmm, this is going to sound really. As I got older, like everything that used to annoy me about him, which still does, but I almost felt like there was a part of him that was jealous of me. Mm, yeah. And I, because I, <laughs> I don't yeah. know, cut this, but I, I, oh. I got divorced. Yes. And my reasons for getting divorced, I actually had a lovely relationship. I just, I, I knew I wanted something else. Yeah. And that is an insane reason to my parents. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I, pursued the arts yo we are fucking um titans like we're making yeah. milestones like breaking our generational I, you know trauma go ahead i date some or i'm married now to yeah. someone uh that he would have never been allowed to even he had to marry an italian mm. <laughs> he had to marry an italian he had to get a job he had to shut up yeah and deal with whatever he was given yeah and so i said and he's really funny and he's always making jokes they're terrible but yeah you know i laugh because i feel bad and i i said to him like a couple years ago i'm like i is there a part of you that kind of wishes you were born later and maybe you would have had because he has a lot of he's always had like a lot of not issues with my life like i'll have an issue but then he's also really curious yeah yeah and he and i'm like are you a little bit jealous and oh. he's like uh maybe yo. He's like, i could have been a comedian and i'm like what, what? yo <laughs> yo so one thing i learned in therapy is that i i've been learning to get the attention for, of, of approval of my parents right yeah. and i learned that you really can't get approval from somebody that doesn't really love and approve of themselves within what they're doing and i do feel a lot of that jealousy of like you know like my mom and and even my dad like they can't give compliments suggestions because it's something that maybe they wanted to do like like the freedom the freedom of the expression that they want to do and i almost feel like jealousy i don't know if that's the right word that feels really negative it does but i i but maybe it's honest yeah, I mean, I think what it is, maybe jealousy, I think more so, if if this makes sense, is that, you know, if you are of a certain age and of a certain culture, and you were basically taught, you should 
Yep. Not even should do this. You have, have to do to. this. You have to. You have to do this. You have no options to be a free thinker. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then you have a child, right? And yeah. I know, especially for my parents, you know, coming from another country, their whole thing is like, we have children here. They have more opportunities. You know, they, yeah. they're all this stuff. And so my dad afforded me all these opportunities, but then was like, hold up. Wait a second. You have choices? Yeah. And I imagine, and again, I'm making an assumption right now, but I imagine that must be really painful. So maybe it's not jealous, but maybe there's a part that's really painful of like, wait, why do you get all these choices? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was basically told what to do. Yeah. And And I I think that probably causes a lot of conflict and a lot of, you're right, like, how can they appreciate some of the things that you're doing or I'm doing when they were brainwashed? There you go. You to think that, you know, they cannot yes. have choices. And so to see their kid have choices and thrive. And also even for me, I had to fight against my mom. Like I remember she like it was a whole blueprint of like me and my brother felt like her trophy kids like go to school, get a degree and you get a job that right. And I didn't want to go to school. But I, I remember she uh, my thesis paper. She did my thesis paper for me because I was really going to like fail out of college. No, <laughs> but she wanted she wanted that degree that my son has a bachelor and i'm just like i think junior year i found improv and comedy and i was like i want to do comedy and i remember being scared like yo i want to do this and because even before then i was doing street racing i just been a rebel i just always been a rebel just against the cause against the grain and um i i I remember going in the attic probably like years later just seeing how like she had modeling pictures and she was uh wow into yeah taking uh yeah modeling pictures and being a model and and uh, and then I remember her saying like, yeah, no, nah. grandma was like, nope, don't do that. Get a job. Go be a teacher or or just get a job, get your degree. And I can f- I felt her energy like a little bit of her like died then like, fuck, like, but, yeah. and, you know, back then it's like, <laughs> is your, your my rule. You get the fuck out of my house. You dig. Uh, so it's interesting how like as millennials, we are breaking this generational tradition of like. We can be whatever we want. And even like what, I don't know how you're going to be with your daughter or mine. I'm just like, look, I want you to have the same success you have in Roblox that you have right now in life. That's what I want. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I, I want for I my mean, daughter. Whatever you got to do to do that, go do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want any like, have to go to college. You have to, have to, have to. No oh, have yeah. to. Or shitty, you dig? So, yeah. I mean, we'll make jokes about her college fund. And then we're both like, I don't even know if college is going to be a thing. Yo, she can just go on YouTube. <laughs> oh y'all uh, could teach us shit y'all could teach i mean i things? gotta be honest with you i i think i would prefer i think i would prefer college than youtube because that's i hope that college and youtube both go away yeah not college oh, i hope college becomes free and i hope the internet explodes right, well, except for let, my podcast no let me i gotta teach you about youtube university it's good i mean there's so many things on there you can learn i don't know everybody has a video but anyway that's a whole other thing well Um, i will say this though like you know in talking about and again i don't know if the word is jealousy but there is and this is really animosity well i'm gonna admit something that uh, gosh is uncomfortable to admit but i bet more people can relate to it than than would care to admit is like there is a part of me that when i before i had my child when i thought about having a child and it was confirmed when i had her that's like I'm already a little, and again, I the only word I could think of is jealous, but that's not the right word. Okay, but like, she is this fresh slate. Yeah, I 
hope that I impart a lot of wisdom on her, but like, I already know, and I guess that's the whole point of generations, right? But like, I'm already prepared to like, you want to go to therapy when you're seven? Boom. Like, you want to like, not do this sport because you don't like it, but you want to like, push to do, like, I already know what I want to give her that, you know, and by no one's fault, wasn't given to me. And so there's a little part of me like, oh, damn. That must be so. You're gonna. You're so lucky to have me as a mom. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's yeah. not real. I'm gonna fuck up. I'm sure yeah. everyone fucks up their kids, no matter what you do. But there is a part of me that's like, wow, like the the clean slate of children. Yeah, is so. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, and I'm I'm sure I'm gonna have some of those feelings that that I'm assuming my parents have of like, wow, I didn't I didn't know I could have done that. Yeah, I. Uh... I think for me, I guess the situation I'm in where I just want to be a director and just let her drive and then just let yeah. her know, like, don't go on that road or that road or suggest it. I Because I, a lot of mine was control. You know, me, mine was control. And I was just always breaking out of that control. Your parents. Control. My parents. Yeah. And I could feel a little bit of that energy with her mom, like uh, controlling her to do this, do that. And I'm just I'm more of the way more liberal dad of just like, look, man, just don't die. Do what you want. And I also want to direct you in a way of like, uh, go here, go there. I suggest not do that. And, you know, do what makes you happy. I think that's where I'm at. (laughs) Do what makes you happy. Um, Well, so do you you think, you know, to go back to the suppressing feelings. Of course, yeah. Do you, I mean, obviously in comedy, and, and not that everyone's comedy is personal, but like, I'm guessing comedy probably started to open you up a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Comedy was so freeing. It, no rules. I'm yeah. my own boss, and, I, and that's what I'm still attracted to it. Like, I at a point where I get revenue in from making jokes, making albums, and there's no have to get up nine to five. Hey, these are your vacation days. Just there's no control because I am the boss of me. And I think but, that's what I always wanted ever since I was grown or I like getting raised by my mom and dad. But as you, so, you know, you said that after that breakup, that was really painful. Yes. You acted hard. Yeah. Friends told you not to be a bitch, but oh. you made a great album. Mm-hmm. And so Thank did you, you feel like, you know, and I, I guess this happens for a lot of comics, like you could joke about the pain. Yeah. But did you, but you didn't feel like you could talk about it sincerely. Yep, exactly. I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought that the jokes was, the jokes was my pain. That, yeah, and it's still this to this day of like knowing how to turn my pain into my entertainment into jokes and that's how I express myself and then now with therapy there is some like a lot of residue there that like I can express and then then the jokes come off more funny yeah they come off funny and not like you, you, you ever see a comic up there like talking about a breakup and you're like oh they need to process that like that's not funny yet like oh, you know what i'm saying like yes i would i would do that like i would have a couple sets of that and then i would just know and then i would always record it because i'm like yeah you sound angry bro like <laughs> <laughs> you sound so angry you didn't process <laughs> shit bro so how can we bring this back to funny town and that was a way of just like okay suppressing that emotion suppressing that emotion bring it to the funny and you can feel the crowd's energy. And then that's how I got to it. But still a lot of just not expressing who I was. And it, so then we'll come out in other ways where like 
getting tattoos i feel like people that get the most tattoos are the most hurt because like it's it's a good way to, to hurt yourself but not cut yourself you know what oh, I'm saying? tattoos like, are a oh, great like version of getting bangs ex- exactly so right yeah it's it's always an emotional scar to get a tattoo. well for me it was like once i got a tattoo i was just like yeah i'm hurting myself but i'm not because it's art <laughs> But Did you I'm, get a tattoo after that those breakups? Yeah, I got a ta- I got a tattoo all the time. Like, yeah, it's just to feel the just to numb the the pain of how you hate yourself. So you wanna you wanna scar yourself, but you wanna make it pretty. Yeah. So what did you, what tattoo did you get after that first breakup? Oh, I got like uh the Hulk on my ribs, smashing cement. That shit was on my that shit hurt, but it felt good. Oh my god, that's so, and that's so symbolic. Right? Not expressing your feelings. Yep. You're like, I'm gonna break stuff. I'm gonna break some Hulk smash, nigga. All over my ribs. Uh, got that one. Got a couple. Uh, first tattoo uh, was like at 17 that my mom had to sign a waiver to because I just wanted the tattoo that was cool. But that could have been some emotional expression there. Like, I've been, I think my mom was the first black woman to have her child on a leash in the store in Caldors. Like, I remember that. Caldors? <laughs> yes, in Caldors. Like, Shit, I know Caldors. Right? All right. Yeah, yeah, because you're, yeah. you're from Boston, right? Like, Yeah. yeah Wait, so, you're from New York? I'm from, no. yeah, Yonkers, New York. Like, okay. Yeah, so, you know, we East Coast. So, Caldors was all Do you have Ann and Hope and Bradleys, too? We had Bradleys, for sure. Yeah. Didn't have- Sarah's? Sarah's? Zares with Z? Z? No. No, no. Okay. I don't remember that, but I know Caldors, you know- uh, Bradley's, um, Burlington Colt Factory, Radio yeah, so Shack, yeah. Sam, Sam Goody, yep, w- Sam the Wiz. Remember the Wiz before Best Buy? The Wiz. <laughs> no, but remember Merry Go Round where they sold like Z Cavaricis and stuff? Oh hell no! What does that? <laughs> no, I Mary- did not. Merry Go Round was like you could get Z Cavaricis and like uh, skids. Like remember oh, all those clothes? No, no, sort of like. like okay. Anyway, I'm a little older fine. than you. No, no, you're. Uh, fine. <laughs> you're good. So, um, so maybe my first tattoo was off of my expression of being on a goddamn leash in Caldors because I would always run away and hide in the clothes. And wait, I, so did I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. On, I wasn't on a leash, but I always would. I always would hide in yeah the the department stores. I, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was fucking hilarious too. I would my mom hide. would then like smack me and be like, "What Yo, the fuck? like?" Yes, no. I would, I would. It would get to the point where she would get to the manager and have on the intercom call and have them call like, "Yes, uh, Norvell, please come to the front. Your mother is looking for you." I'm Nori. like, "Oh, she couldn't find me. I won." <laughs> Nori, yes. Wait, I need to know. I I'm not gonna figure it out in this podcast, but. I have to figure out what that is because I used yeah. to do the same shit. And then when when they would call me, because I would always like run and hide in the clothes. Yep. And then I'd be like, I'm gonna find her. And yeah. then I wouldn't. <laughs> yep. And then I would panic a little bit. But then I'd be like, it's cool. And then I'd be walking around. And yep. then when I heard my name on the thing, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I would like as soon as I heard them go, excuse me. And I was like, it's me. And then every now and then it would be for someone else. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> yo yep oh my god i love how we like see each other in this level so yes for me it was i think it was a control thing and also i did not want to look at the fucking clothes that she was looking at i think she was just shopping for like big old bras and uh clothes for her and i'm just like toy the toy section is right over there so that was my whole thing of just like let me hide let me juke move i'll hide and i'm giggling she's looking for me north north 
no and then oh. i didn't hear it and then i i guess i put my little hands in my pockets and i start wandering over to the toy section and i'm like oh my god power rangers and boom yeah. boom, boom and i remember when the megazord came out I, I wandered away i found the megazord it was only one left and it was sold out this is like two months before christmas i'm like yo this is what i want the megazord like what's a oh, megazord oh the power rangers where the power rangers oh, come okay. together and they turn into a megazord like that was like in the 90s right so i remember that i found it and that's what i want and then she's like hell no you ran away da, da, da. i was like but i started crying like no my you understand like you're not gonna be able to get it like that was the last <laughs> one <laughs> like never gonna have it like i want for christmas and then she felt bad like oh, all right and then we go back in there it was gone and i was just like god damn it but i but i didn't deserve it anyway because i kept running away like i always so do you I do wonder because you know we said that are you the do you have siblings uh yeah i have a younger brother he's okay. five, five years younger um because well, i'm the youngest so i'm four years younger than my sister so i guess that theory's out but i was gonna say like i do wonder or so are you more of the i guess rule breaker than your brother of course yeah so my I brother do- would say that he would see me getting the beatings and be like i know not to do that like i was the one <laughs> That was just like breaking all the rules. Like, you know, you see an inmates getting their ass beat, you're like, all right, I know how to, I know how to act, so I don't become that motherfucker. And that's what my well, brother. Well, at time, my sister, you know, because he's tra- he's my trans, he's trans. Um, but yeah, so he's my sister at the time. But now, like, he would definitely tell me that all the time, even growing up. Well, actually, if I was just gonna say, like, you and I are sort of rule breakers, and I do mm-hmm. wonder if that had to do with the running away starting really early of being like, hey, 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 I'm gonna yeah. however, though, your sister, tr- like, yeah. uh, uh, my God, transitioning. Yep. I mean, that is, and, that's rule breaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, a whole other, I can't, I, I tell him every time, every time you're my hero, man, like you straight yeah. transition into a man, like you accomplished a lot. <laughs> How did your parents handle that? Oh, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. That was the one that bridged the gap between them. Like he came out to me first and then tell me he's going to transition. And um, I, I was scared for him. But, you know, I said, all right, I got your back. And it was like really bad between him and my mom for a while. It's better now. Um, my dad's a little OK. Uh, but I was the one just like being that mediator coach of like, you know, that's your child, regardless of how you care about yeah. gender. Because you got to think like, you know, I hate to like make my mom like the enemy on this but even now i'm still chill, trying to work that out in therapy it's so weird um <laughs> like it's like you want to protect her cause, like but you know like she was being the way she was because of how she was raised you know 100%. what i'm saying but it still wasn't right but you it, it's weird it's weird i, I, I you, you could just see I, the confliction in my voice i'm like i I'm feel still you a hundred percent you know what i'm saying so it was always that control like she was very like i wanted a son got it i wanted the daughter got it now my daughter wants to be a man no i i think the point i'm trying to get is where like my mom wanted a daughter period yeah that's it like uh, and then it, but and that's the thing you can't control like like you like me and you understand we're parents now like that we have children but they are their own person you know and it's kind of hard to like i i get that now like like, I, I remember I used to buy my daughter Jordans, and she was, like, five. I got her, like, a little Adidas shell. I like, oh, that's cute. Then I'm going to get her all the J's. And then I remember she didn't wear them, and I got so fucking mad at her. Like, why are you not wearing the fucking J's? You know how many these clothes? And she's just like, I don't like these. I want the shits that light up. 
Oh. And then in my head, I'm like, why am I, why am I putting my sneakerhead shit on her? She don't give a fuck about that. She wants shit where she steps, it glitters. That's it. So yeah. she wants, and plus it's cheaper. So calm down, Nori. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, yeah, you're right. You're right. All right, I'm sorry. And I was just like, I, I took those J's away and I said, look, anything you want, what sneakers you want, and the ones that lit up, $14.95, thank you, right? And I don't know why I'm breaking bank to try to make her a young little sneakerhead mommy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, my daughter, so, right? the amount of leopard print she owns right now, Ooh, yeah, yep. it's going to be heartbreaking. She's <laughs> like, please stop making me Peggy Bundy. Can I wear blue? <laughs> And you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> oh, fine. Yeah. You know, uh, so, yeah. there's this there's this great, uh, there's this woman named Dr. Shafali. I'm not going to pronounce her last name right. Okay. Tassaberry. It's T-S-A-B-A-R-Y. I heard her on Oprah Super Soul Sunday. Mm. And she talks all about conscious parenting. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to do it justice to try to... Uh, repeat what she said but uh, I listened to an episode with her and she really talks about the whole like you can't tell your kids what to like you have to treat your kids like their own person Yo, yeah and it's yep. really the way she talks is really tough love I mean it's to the point there's a few points where I was like well you gotta guide them a little bit you know yeah. But it's all about conscious parenting and it's all about how like so many issues in the world go back to being raised and yep. thinking like this sort of suffocating. I mean, I don't know. I I highly recommend listening to it, but I have always felt that a lot of issues in this world, you know, be it breaking women's hearts, mm-hmm. <laughs> such as you, what yeah. you, you know, what you suppressing through, your feelings, just yeah. suppressing your feelings, yep. uh, just hurting. And, I was hurt, so I'm just hurting other motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And and again, it's not too. It's no parents fault because parents are just doing the best they can with the tools they were given and they also probably hurt themselves of course everyone's hurting <laughs> right? but i but i have always really been a believer in like if you suppress what you want in this life mm-hmm. be it not coming out yeah. not pursuing the career that you want not being in a relationship with the person you want to be in yeah. whatever it is you are going to turn into an asshole yes You know, and I look at all this like shit that's going on in the world right now. And of course, I'm not an idiot. I know a lot of it is rooted in, you know, years and years of awful politics and racism Mm -hmm. and sexism. And yes, yes, yes. But but that is all passed down. Yes. From generations. Yeah. So you might be this kid that's like, but I think everyone's beautiful. And then your parents are like, no, you must (laughs) hate this person that is such a like repression of your true Mm -hmm. being and your true innocence right it's you're just passing down of like a positive which you don't know underneath is a trauma you know this is the way i was raised is the way you're going to be raised and a lot of what my life is about was just breaking away from the control of what i didn't want to be and i am who i want to be even regardless of what they think like like to this day my mom still thinks like i'm homeless or i'm i'm out here like he's, he's winging I see it you in a home yeah right, right? it's like yeah. i don't know where he's at whatever like she just does this like i was never seen i was seen for who i am her for who i am and love for who i am and that's emotional abuse and that's what i found out that i was just like what i did not even know that's what i was going through and that's what like a lot of my expression of going into the comic community like you know julie like i remember your one woman show i loved it the ucb see and then like i just i just loved your story and uh 
I'm just in the community and, and Will and, you know, Clark, every, we're just all in the community of people that we're just hurt ass people that we just see each other, that we broke away, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and even the ones before us, like the Rocks, the Chappelle's and them, like even hearing that story, how Chappelle's mother brought him to the comic club at 14, like still fucking blows my fucking mind. I'm like, where there's no trauma there? Like really, she just brought you to the, like drove you? I was just like, what? Like my mom was total opposite of just like, she would come to the bringer shows to support me because I feel like it was the same. It was the same energy as like coming to your child's baseball game. Like, you know, these niggas yeah. ain't going to do baseball, but <laughs> I'm going to, hey, yeah, he did. He hit the ball. Yay, baby. You know me. And she coming to my fucking first album recording and it was like, oh, yeah, you did your first album. That's so cute. OK, now get back to getting your degree. Yeah. <laughs> it was that. But you know saying it was that energy that I realized down the line, like, oh, that wasn't like support support like he gonna be a star it was just like oh that's so good you did that <laughs> it was that yeah because you I, know they can't see for like for them all they know is go to work get uh go to school get your degree if you get a master's that's even better because you're gonna yeah. get a job with more money and and us in our 30s like <laughs> millennials were like what jobs are these motherfuckers talking about that's not even out here and plus i don't even want to do that <laughs> you know? I mean, it, it like, uh, you know, the thing about comedians, you're saying like comedians and trauma, I, I've always felt that, you know, people are like, oh, comedians are, you know, they're so sad, and they're so fucked up and all this stuff. And I'm like, sure, <laughs> but I think, but I think everybody yeah. is fucked up. Comedians, for whatever reason, use humor to cope with it and that's yeah. my whole family uses humor to cope with everything yeah. which has been a, a blessing and a curse at times you know and but for whatever reason i just feel comfortable talking about it and i like to get other people to talk about it and yeah. but but i don't think that comedians are necessarily more fucked up than other people i think because you know the guy who's at the comedy club laughing at the show who's like oh these comedians were real fucked up and then he goes home and like beats his wife yo like yo, the fuck <laughs> you know like I, that's that's a really extreme example uh, I see but you, know. I know you know like yeah. i i think that uh, yeah we just happen wait so let me ask you so you this. take offense to that of saying like we're fucked up because like we're not fucked up i feel no. like we're i feel like the people that do say that they that we're fucked up are just projecting of like how free we are and how vulnerable we are on stage and we're able to make a living off of it i think yeah, that's the thing pain. that pain into what pleasure i guess I don't art. Know. Uh, art 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 it's yeah like i love stand-up still do and i always will and always try to continue to progress it and and be in it because it's just a form of expression that i know i'm good at and that i love to do and um it's freeing it's free even like this is from art you doing this podcast having this conversation like there's something that our parents and even generations won't understand of like wow that's yeah i mean y'all had radio we got podcasts and then down the line it's it just the world just keeps opening itself up through technology and it's, well, it's, it's don't beautiful you think i and i agree i mean i don't take offense to it i more so am like i because I, I used and i hear don't get me wrong but maybe I'm offended. Think, I'm sorry. Not you. Yeah. I projected. I'm I, I offended do, motherfuckers that we hurt. <laughs> I, I do think, I do think we though, are, that I mean. comedians, I, I can say for myself, I am fucked up as a comedian in the sense of there have been times in my life where I have done it 
and been way more attracted to the attention, the validation, the ego shit. Mm. So when I'm in that headspace, it's fucked up. Oh, um, yeah, and fucked up. and so that and 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 I think you you know you said earlier like when you go on stage and you just went through a breakup and you're angry like that's when I think stand up's really fucked up because I've always believed you know and it took me a long time to learn this comedy performance whatever art you choose can be very therapeutic mm-hmm. but it should not be a replacement for therapy exactly facts you know you can't force that on your audience so i do think there's an element of it being fucked up if you are not aware of what you're doing and that's part of the process i think a lot of comics and a lot of artists go through that but once you realize okay i need to go process this whether it's therapy or yoga or journal whatever the fuck you got to do yeah i gotta go heal this shit and then i can present it in a way where it's actually going to have a positive impact yes on other people and that's the fucking mature aspect of it that's why you know we in in times we would be good kings and queens because if you think about it good like if a king's <laughs> having a bad day or a queen just like don't give them milk <laughs> fuck it yeah right you know what i'm saying so yeah we're up there not processing our pain but we take it to the to our followers or our audience and you're right we shouldn't do that but the ego kicks in and it's just like this is how i'm feeling fuck that because y'all gonna listen to anything i say and that's the fucked up part about it so yeah it's and and so now you gotta think about me or you know my culture where like we never had that square of like get therapy and but i guess i was mature enough to realize like yeah this isn't funny this is pain you gotta process that so take that joke out take out a lot of those jokes you're talking about and then get to the funny and then it gets better so it's i yeah it's just a different way of how i got around to it but yeah well so Um, what made you end up having like what what was it and maybe it was a a, an array of moments but was there a moment where you were like i can't keep suppressing shit i have to do something about it oh yeah um when my 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 last my current breakup of like it was an emotional abusive relationship where i had to see like why was why did i allow because i blame myself a lot for it why did I allow that to happen to the point where I'm isolated <laughs> from all the people? You what? I, I'm is- I was isolated. Oh, you isolated. I, I was isolated. Okay, from and you were all, being abused. And I was yeah, being abused and uh, emotionally abused, and also like it was physically. It was just always fighting, just fighting everywhere, and arguments all the time. Um, and it got to the point where I like, even that time with me and you and Will. At Comedy Central recording, we ate together. Like, you never knew this, but I was having so much pain. I was just like, I would have so much relief that I can be around another woman. And it didn't feel like a threat to my lady. You was oh. you was a threat to her because you was with Will. But also, that I think you were white. <laughs> you were white, too. Not thinking you were white. So I think that was another thing she never, like, gave me shit for. But... I was never able to have like female friends, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was oh, just like, yeah. and I, I was so isolated from all the people that I love and that I want to work with. So after that, that was the breaking point of just like, I got to get out of here and broke away in a very ugly way. It was crazy, <laughs> a very ugly way, but I got out and um, it was uh, spent, <laughs> spent a overnight in jail. In a holding cell. Yeah. In a holding cell. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I ask why? You don't have to tell me. Yeah, I think there's no case now, so we're good. 
But um, yeah, it got to the point of where like I was I wanted to leave and she wouldn't let me leave. So she hopped on my car, hopped on my car and wouldn't let me go. And I was trying to shake her off with the car and I drove away and she fell. And then the cops charged me with uh, hitting a run, <gasps> hitting a run in the scene. But did you hit her? No. Wait. Yes, I did. The side mirror hit her. It did. But they saw the tapes, how she was provoking me. And they let me go. And dropped the charges. Oh. So from there. So messy. It was it was it was very messy. And even that, still processing it of like I that was the breaking point. That was the breaking point, Gucci. I had to like I had to get out, get out. Um, and I did. It was ugly, but I got out, got out. And um, ever since then, after that, it was just like, I got to go to therapy because why would I attract a, a woman like that that just wouldn't let me go just to let me go? Or I couldn't just like, hey, is and we had multiple we had multiple breakups and I would go back in because I just like, hey, all right, she'll do she would say sorry. And I didn't mean to be like that. I was just drinking and I would just believe her like, yeah, no doubt. All right, I got you. She'll do better next time. She'll do that better next time. She'll do better next time. She'll do better. <laughs> like, it never got better, you know? Um. So, yeah, then from that, and I think this is the first time in my life I could say right now in this podcast where, like, I'm not running to be underneath anybody. I'm just like, I, I, I got to run a therapy and figure out, like, how the fuck and why I attract women like that. And uh, it's my love language. It always goes back to how I was raised. Um. My mom would, uh, if I would do anything bad, she would call me, curse me out. <laughs> like, I, like I was dating dating her or some shit. Like, I would have voicemails, violent voicemails. Like, what the fuck? You always fucking going out and doing some fucking shit. The hell's wrong with you? And I would just be like, uh, mom's just dripping again. <laughs> and then go on oh, yeah. with my life. Like, that's nothing. But that's just not, that's just not right. That's just not right. And so years of that, years of that, years of that, I was raised on that. So it's nothing to me. Um, so I really found out what the origin of it, of how like I receive love and how I uh, acknowledge it. So that's why I, I went through that. But yeah, that was a breakthrough and breakdown at the same time. That last, that last one. Um, and um, yeah, yeah. So woo. did you, I mean, I have to, first of all, I have to say, I really admire that you used the words emotionally abused because I, I, I mean, f- from a, a listening perspective and as a friend perspective, I have to say that you've definitely made progress as far as trying to leave this sort of toxic masculinity trap Yeah, because most men wouldn't say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, men don't, men aren't abused. Word. Men are always the abusers. Right. You know? Yeah. And here's the thing, too. A lot of relationships, you guys end up abusing. Like, I've been in relationships where, like, we're probably abusing each other. I'm abusing myself. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's messy. Um, so, I appreciate you sharing that and telling you that. And also, I I believe, and I'm curious to know if, if you've seen this, because, you know, we've talked, it's come back a lot to parents. You know, sometimes your parents might not be able, they don't have to do, like, the right thing, and they might not be perfect, but you are 
probably inspiring your mom more than you realize by leading by example, you know, mm. like, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but I just know, I, I don't know, know either. I, w- I'm, yeah. I would hope so, but I don't <laughs> you know. know, it's, yeah, it's weird. Like we're not talking now because it's like, uh, the reason why I never learned that word boundaries. Like I just learned that word 2020. Oh. 20, I could the talk word to you for boundaries, hours about boundaries. Right. So I set them and then I just see her continually, continuously breaking them. And I'm just like, oh, I see why I would just never establish boundaries because I never would. I just let, you know, my mom, you know, curse me out, whatever, off of some tantrum she had and then say sorry. And then we're back on. And now it just be continuous, continuous. So like when I was set the actual boundaries and she just would not listen to it. And, you know, like she's like over 50 and, and anybody over 50, that's over half time. So there's no therapy for that. Like the plays are going to be the plays. <laughs> so she's going to be the way she going to be. So I just have to step back like and just be an adult. Like, look, this hurts my little my little inner self. And I have to set these boundaries and boom. And that's one of the greatest adult shits I ever done in my life that I realized like wow I never had that I never understood that or or yeah. that word so um yeah I would I think I'm not saying example for, I I guess I, I and I, I think we're both setting an example for both our parents of like we're doing what we want to do we we broke the mold we're um just like you said with your father like oh wow you you have an option there's options out there <laughs> yeah like I think we're definitely millennials are definitely inspiring their parents on that aspect and i don't know uh, if i'm a millennial i believe you are and you're born in the 80s mm, almost okay all right well, yeah you're a millennial. 78 oh okay yeah almost oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah whatever but well matter. i think i mean i will say this though i know you said over 50 that is what it is i i i am it is harder i do i understand the whole you know teach a old dog new tricks it's mm. definitely difficult but like i said I have seen my parents, my immigrant, you know, not college educated, often kind of isolated parents, right? Open up, especially in the last 10 years. And I think in the last 10 years, I've also had a lot of growth. And and so, again, like I said, between my mom, like going on YouTube and being like, this person talk about the, (laughs) you know, anxiety, I think I you know like (laughs) like that you know she's not in therapy per se but just her sort of curiosity to learn it it warms my heart that at age 78 Mm -hmm. because in their 50s no and i don't even know that i i mean i guess i was young so i didn't really know how to give them that example but like when i would come home from college and like scream what i learned in class at them that didn't work (laughs) but but as i've gotten older and i think that they've seen wow like julia has gone to therapy, she takes medication, she's had ups and downs romantically, she's, you know, lost her mind, she's regained it again, now she's remarried with a child, and, like, the world didn't fall apart. Yeah. I do think that makes them go, huh, hmm, hmm. interesting. Interesting. Maybe, like, maybe she does so, I wouldn't... I guess she's all right. She's doing okay. You know, she's doing yeah, good. Yeah, like, I, and I think, and I think you're right, because, like, it took me, I've, I've created some boundaries, and they were really hard to create like a couple years ago. And now I've sort of like opened them up a little bit more now because mm-hmm. I feel like the boundaries, I don't know, I can handle certain things better. But I still will say to my parents sometimes like, hey, I don't really, 
I don't want to hear you complain about X, Y, and Z. I just, I can't, I can't handle that right now. Oh my God. I mean, that that was the number one boundary that she still crosses. I'm like, you're so negative. Like, you just beat stage three cancer, ovarian cancer. Wow. What are you complaining about? Oh, the thing and this and that, and I can't believe it, and I got to get this and that and that, that, that. Ma, ma, ma. <laughs> You, yo, you alive, my nigga. Like, you did it. Come on, let's celebrate life. And she can't because it's, I think there's still a lot inside that she's, like, not happy with or not even happy with herself. So it's not, well, she did something it's not right. About, it's not even about cancer. So fuck cancer. She's just like, mm. She did something right because look at where you are. Mm-hmm. You're 36? Yeah. You're in therapy. Mm-hmm. You are... You know the kind of relationship you want and deserve. Yeah. Next. Yeah. You are going to instill so much goodness in your daughter. Yeah. That, like, you've done good. Yeah. Yeah, I've done good on... I mean, yeah, she she definitely raised me and gave me the opportunities that um that most black kids did not have in the in the neighborhoods that we grew up in and made sure I always had clothes on my back, any clothes I wanted. I love her for everything. Not trying to make her the bad guy on here. Um, but I definitely do credit myself for a lot of that growth of just like, and reaching yeah. back to see like, oh, this is where it came from. Like this emotional suppression. And uh, yeah, I, I, I tell everybody black, like, yo, get therapy. Just talk to somebody, please. Like, and even if you think you don't, you do. Cause like, we're just naturally know how to suppress. Like, look, um, you know, we can see somebody getting shot in the streets and then we got to go to work with a smile on our face or, and like, like nothing happened, you know? And they're like, why are you late? Sorry, it won't happen again. But you know, we just saw somebody that looks just like us murdered, gunned down. And that's a whole other thing of like, that's trauma. Right. So it's like we suppress that and go on with a smile like everything's fine. And it's not. It's fucking not. So I it's it's I never thought I would re- really reach this adult level. But I did of like, yeah, that hurts my feelings. Let me talk about or talk that out and also process it instead of like either running into another show or running, running away from myself, running, running to my homies run into another girl in the bed, <laughs> you know, some bullshit, just like sitting, sitting with myself. And that's, that's power. And uh, I'm glad I'm there now. I'm so glad too, Nori. Hey, Julie. <laughs> Are you getting another tattoo? In Gucci. Um, uh, no, I think uh, I do want one, but not right now. I'm gonna chill out. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the next one will be for the opposite reason, like a, a celebratory. Yeah. You know? Yeah, maybe it'll be a, a person with a clipboard and a pencil and glasses sitting on a chair. <laughs> <laughs> it just says therapy on it. <laughs> says, just get a tattoo across your chest that says go to therapy. therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, therapy life. Just like Tupac, Doug, oh. and we get therapy life. Oh my That's God, a lot I of letters. It's a lot of letters. I might have to have you back because this was so. I just think it's so important, especially for men, especially, you know, as you said, for for black people, for black men to, I mean, we all need a little help. doesn't yeah. matter if you think your parents were perfect, fucked up, mm-hmm. the worst, the best. Like, Yeah, the self-love. 
there's shit important. you know it's very important yes yes yeah. yeah i'll come back anytime you know i got you <laughs> um well i have a very important question that i end every show with. all right let's go should i get bangs uh should you get bang? not the bang um no you shouldn't get bangs okay no no need to get bangs you don't okay. need bangs no. you're doing great you're doing great. Got your hair up. Got your baby. No need for <laughs> Nori, is there anything you want to share? People find you. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, just hit me up on Instagram at Nori Davis, N-O-R-E-D-A-V-I-S. Uh, check out my latest album that was recorded last year live at the Comedy Trap House. It was recorded on Zoom and it was featured on New York Times and M- NPR. So check that album out and uh, look out. Look out for me. Yeah. And I will say this to you instead of saying it when I'm not recording in front of you. You are have always been one of those comedians that like I cry laughing when I oh. see you. Oh. I stay and watch your set and then I quote you to like whoever I can later. Oh. You're so smart. Thank so you. smart and funny and and delightful, uh, you know, on and off stage. So um, I'm so excited. You said you're what? How many months into therapy? Six? Uh, five. Five, four. Oh my god! I cannot wait to see the see, right? you yeah, put right? out year, in like a year. Year one, right? Yeah. Yes. Working on it now. Thank you. Thank you, Nori, for being on the show. Hell yeah! Thank you for having me. Uh, back on the show, we have my—I uh, well, was going to say sister, then therapist, but I like to say therapist expert. She's also my sister. She's not my therapist. That would be a huge <laughs> conflict of interest. However, we do call each other every single day to talk about mommy and daddy. Uh, we do refer to our parents as mommy and daddy. I am not ashamed to say it. Please welcome back, Elena. <laughs> what a long, long intro. Uh, so Nori on this episode, he talked about so many things. The thing that really struck me the most was, um, you know, he talked a lot about gender gender and race, like as a man and, and also as a black man, sort of the resistance or not it being as acceptable in the past to seek there. He's now in therapy, but how doing that wasn't always, I guess, encouraged. Um, and so as a therapist, I was curious if you find that you, you have more female clients, do you think women are more inclined to go to therapy? How do we get men to go to therapy? Yeah, no, it's, um, I think, right. For, for people, not only is it a, sometimes a gender thing where I think, think about little boys and little girls, you know, girls are encouraged to let their feelings out, cry, you know, it's okay. Whereas, you know, you get a little boy scrapes his knee. Oh, it's okay. You know, just, just tough it out. Don't cry. You know, it's almost like, I just think as a society, it's just how it is. It's, it's just kind of many cultures are like that. And then you throw in um, certain ethnicities too. So not just being a male, but some cultures, you're just not supposed to talk about your feelings, you know, Um, and you end up internalizing it. So yeah, as, as a, I could speak for all my colleagues. I mean, you do see more women. Um, I think women are associated with being able to share feelings and men, for some reason, it's doesn't seem like it almost like takes away that machismo, you know, like you're not, you're weak if you show feelings. I think that's sort of the, you know, the message that's been yeah. passed along, you know, I movies, like- TV shows, whatever. I feel like it is 
in a lot as as many things are getting better. Like I do. Oh feel yeah, more, absolutely. Yeah. But it makes me so sad because I mean, obviously each individual has to take responsibility for their actions. But as somebody who learned that, um, that whole, how we treat girls, how we treat boys as kids, like I remember learning, that was like one of the things that really stuck out to me in college and my sociology classes of like, like I have one of my favorite books I read in college that I still own is called real boys. Mm. And I should probably reread it now as a parent, but I, but it had that whole chapter on that of like, you know, ah, toughen up, you know, be a man when they fall. And and I think about it every time there is a situation, either personally or in, you know, pop culture of like a guy being a piece of shit. Like I'm not defending their actions, but mm-hmm. I do constantly think back to, well, yes, they are responsible to take responsibility for their actions, but also like, how the fuck have we raised boys? It's mm-hmm. it's very upsetting. Yeah, no, it really is. But yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely gotten better. You know, um, it's not, I don't think it's a, I think just going to therapy period is, is got less of that stigma. It's almost like, I would, I would almost say it's almost cool to be in therapy. You know? Oh, I think it's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. It's a huge turn on when a guy says, I'm going, I have therapy and I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of like, you know, men are not supposed to be, I guess, the sensitive gender, you know, and somehow if for some, I've had men actually say that, like, if I go to therapy, am I going to start feeling things? Well, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I I don't want to feel things. I'm used to not feeling things. But I mean, that's the whole idea is to be comfortable with feeling things. It's not going to like, you know, make you like crying 24 seven, but yeah. Oh, you mean like it. our dad who will say like, if he even can muster something sentimental or sincere out of his mouth, he'll, he'll literally be like, okay, bye. And like get in the yeah, truck yeah. and just oh, drive no. away. And then I'm like, where feeling. are you going? Scary feeling. Oh, can't have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say to anyone listening? So I, I think that um, some uh, women um, who are in relationships with men, have had the experience of feeling like they might be nagging their partners to go to therapy or, you know, I I guess, I guess, do you have any advice for any, and I guess also men who might be in a relationship with a male partner. I mean, I I guess it doesn't matter for anyone who is trying to get a man to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. I know you can't force anyone, but is there something that you would suggest Yeah. I mean, I think it's no different than saying, Hey, I notice you've been coughing a lot these past two weeks. Have you thought about going? I mean, I would suspect most people would not be afraid to say to a loved one, Hey, I noticed, you know, you're limping. Have, you know, maybe have you thought about getting this checked out? Like you're bleeding profusely. from So as far as like health is health, right? So as far as emotional or mental health, what is the difference? So if you observe, you know, you definitely want to come from a place of like, I observe, not like I'm pointing the finger and I'm shaming you like, hey, I've noticed, you know, you've been sleeping in lately. You seem a little extra tired. You know, is everything okay? Uh, you know, like, like maybe just kind of explore with them and just say it from like a supportive, non-judgmental, compassionate heart. It was so cute because you were um, explain. I have to let everyone know that that 
that little thud because there was like a little thud going on and it was uh Elena tapping her heart like with love being like I just want to let you know it was like you were you were actually like and you could hear it in the mic this little thud so it was really (laughs) it like warmed my heart um well that's great um yeah I think that's I think that's it for this one I mean you know I keep thinking about daddy in the truck if he could just drive that truck to a therapist you know that would be nice. And yeah, speaking of putting your hand on your heart, did you know that putting your hand on your heart actually helps relieve some of those like good oxytocin endorphins, like yes. almost like a hug? So yeah, I, yeah. I was, I was, uh, I think it might have been Tara Brock because I feel like I first learned that from her about the the meditation or the deep breathing of like one hand on the heart and then one on the stomach, yeah. and it's sort of is like giving yourself a hug. And mm-hmm. I've definitely. I mean, even if it just reduces it by 5%, it does help you breathe better. So everyone should just walk around, um, I guess, with their hand on their heart on their way to therapy. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. So my sister and I are going to do a special episode in which we answer listeners' questions, um, you know, anything about, you know, a a breakdown that you're going through or went through, a breakthrough you had. Maybe you just want some advice on what to do with your hair. Uh, Whatever it is, please send a message to should I get bangs pod at Gmail and we will be doing an episode where we answer listeners questions. Uh, We won't say your name on the air. So, you know, obviously I'll see your name on the email, but I will not let the world know who you are and yeah so please reach out and as always thank you so much for listening if you like the show please rate review and subscribe on itunes or whatever platform you listen to it on and i'll talk to you next week